Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Takeaway. Espinoza in front. Shot. Boxel couldn't stop it. San Jose scores. Oh, a little turnover by Minnesota. And San Jose scores first here on the road in the 14th minute. I thought Michael Boxel was going to make the save on the goal line, but he could not. And that is a big start for the road team. One last chance here before the break. Reynoso, left foot, in-swinger in the middle, poked up in the air. Bicycle kick towards the box by Fragapane. A rebound, a shot, it's gone! Brett Coleman with a Minnesota goal! How do you do? What a goal, we are tied at one. The Wonderwall awaiting a chance to erupt. Ramon Avila with the penalty kick. Marcinkowski dancing on the line. Avila gets the whistle. Ramon approaching. The shot. Save. Rebound. He scores. That's Ramon Avila. Gets his own rebound. Minnesota has the lead back 2-1. A big save by Marcinkowski. The ball just sat there about three yards off the goal line. Avila followed his shot and put it away. Now Salinas has it for San Jose in the Minnesota half. Running down the left side, Dotson is with him, slides it into the middle. Kakanovich with a shot, he scores! How did he get free inside? He walked right in and just buried a shot into the top of the net. We're tied at two in the 82nd minute. Did not see that coming. It didn't look that dangerous. Jonathan Harrison here, welcoming you in to uh, the Loon Call here on the Loon Talk podcast feed. Myself and Dan Terra are here every, after most every game. Most. Most every game. Except, <laughs> except if they kick off at 10.30 p.m. and don't yeah, get done until 12.30 in the morning. Sometimes we just can't. We're too cranky. Yeah, we're too old. Yeah, it's, yeah <laughs> you're pretty old, buddy. <laughs> All right, 2-2 draw for Minnesota tonight. Yuck. Disappointing. I hate ties. I hate ties. I hate ones when... Minnesota go into this one. You expect them to win just based off recent form, and they just struggled all night long. They couldn't break down a San Jose team that came in and basically just sat on defense. They had like eight eight of their players ready for defense, only three of them ready for offense. Yeah. Just a rough game from from the first minute on. And Minnesota battle it out. They struggle all night, get a two two draw. I don't know. I'm pretty disappointed with this one, Dan. Yeah, it it is disappointing. Well played by San Jose, being that they had a game plan, they stuck with it, and they frustrated Minnesota for a good part of the night. Soccer is the only sport that doesn't attempt to break ties. Yeah, unless it's a cup tournament, but during the season, no. And and do you like that or not? I'm okay with it, yeah. I I mean, as long as you have the point system and mm -hmm. it makes sense and there's no overtime and you get a point just for getting to overtime like the NHL does, I'm okay with it. Just stick with the one point for a draw, three points for a win. Yeah, when I was a kid, there was no overtime in the NFL. Yeah. So they played to a tie, and and there weren't a lot, but there were some. Uh, The NHL played to a tie, Mm -hmm. and then they went to an overtime method. So I don't know if it'll ever happen in the MLS, but... um, you know, at a match like this, coming down to penalty kicks at the end, if they, nobody scored in overtime, would have been pretty dramatic. It would have been dramatic. I don't know that we want to see Ramon Avila take another penalty kick uh, after his today. I, you know, and I, I don't have anything against Ramon Avila. But no, me neither. I, I just think there were th- at least three other people on the pitch that were, you know, maybe better qualified to take. You know, it's easy to say when he doesn't 
convert it. If he had converted it, we wouldn't be talking about this, so it's hindsight. Yeah. But as soon as I saw him uh, approach the, the spot and I knew he was going to take it, I was surprised. Yeah, and we can talk about his game later, but Minnesota struggle, struggle in the first half, give up an early goal, disappointing goal that uh, started off uh, bad pass by Bakai Debasi, Cade Cowell, the young 17-year-old for San Jose, gets an easy tap-in goal. And then Minnesota really fight back in the final minutes of stoppage time. The fourth minute of stoppage time, Brent Coleman gets that wonderful goal off just a scramble of a playoff, that corner kick. And he gets a goal, a really big goal if you look at it, going, in, going into the, the halftime, really changed things for mm-hmm. that one. Because it felt like if we went into the halftime with San Jose up 1-0, San Jose would have had all the momentum coming back out, and they would have been fired up. They would have been ready to go. They would have been ready to just continue to kill this game out. But then... Minnesota gets that goal, completely changes what each team has to do at halftime. Minnesota make a couple of halftime substitutions, and they come out firing. They come out putting a lot of pressure on San Jose. That goal was really big going into that second half. Yeah, I thought after that goal, uh, then we get to the halftime break tied at one. I really thought Minnesota would add a couple and maybe win this one 3-1. But again, credit to San Jose. Uh, They stuck to their game plan. They worked hard. They really, for a good part of this match, controlled that middle third of the pitch mm-hmm. just by sheer numbers a lot of times. Um, so they you know, they got a really hard fought. This was a very physical match. Absolutely. Uh, a few yellow cards. Uh, probably should have been more uh, on <laughs> yeah. both sides. Absolutely. And, and it, it was a hard fought match, and I'm sure they feel pretty good about getting a point out of here. Yeah, San Jose definitely deserves some credit for the way they came in, set up their game plan, and executed it perfectly. They're frustrated a Minnesota attack tonight by just having a ton of guys back, not allowing a lot of space. Um, Minnesota going with one force change tonight. Yuka Raitala coming in place of Roman Mataner, who's off getting his green card. After the first 45 minutes, we talked about this on the post-match show, I'm not sure that it was a great showing with Yuka Raitala at that right-back spot. They made the substitution with DJ Taylor coming in. DJ played much better in that role. Adrian, as we know, likes to have his fullbacks get forward and be a part of the attack. Roman, as we've seen in his three years here, gets forward a lot, runs all day, is a part of that attack, distributing crosses in from out wide, a number of them every game. Yuka's just not able to provide that because he doesn't have the speed that Roman does. No. And I don't think, looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, but looking back, I don't think Yuka was the right start there. No, it doesn't appear to be that that was the case. It just, you know, he's a totally different player, but but there aren't too many players like Roman Metaner. No. Um, You're not going to see that, much, that no. much stamina on a player. No. So, you know, to have him back Wednesday will be huge. He'll be fresh. He'll be well-rested, and that, that's big for this club. You know, if you ever doubt a player's value, play without him. Yeah, and if, if people were wondering, saw that twice tonight. Yeah, how valuable Roman Metaner is. You saw it tonight. Yeah, he's one of the best right backs in MLS. Yeah, and we mentioned you saw it twice tonight because Michael Boxel mm-hmm. leaves early in the first half. Brent Coleman comes in. The defense looked pretty decent without him, but giving up that late goal to Benji Kakanovich really showed how important Michael Boxel is. Yeah, I think on the goal with Kakanovich, he had two defenders back. It was Debassi, and I'm not sure the other one was. And, and I just don't think they knew which one was going to take mm-hmm. him and which one was going to slide over in front of the goal. And unfortunately, neither one of them took him, and uh, it resulted in a, in a goal that should never have happened. So, no. yeah, his, his, you know, New Zealand's gain in the Olympics is going to be our loss. And Absolutely. again, he was injured. We don't know the extent of his injury. It was a uh, non-contact injury. Mm-hmm. He turned to uh, one time a ball out of bounds uh, near the down. half line, 
and then he just sat down, which would mean something, you know, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, um, I can pretend. He, he, you know, looked like he probably turned something when he went, went to kick that ball out. And yeah. it was very, very subtle. It was no, nothing aggravated. So we hope that it's something minor. Uh, but we'll, we'll find out, um, you know, I think there's a good chance he doesn't go to Colorado just because yeah. even if it's not serious, you probably want to rest him. Yeah, especially with Seattle. A big match against Seattle coming up next week. Um, you probably just want to, or not mm-hmm. next week, but a couple weeks from now, you know, um, you probably just want to rest Michael Boxall just for safety reasons. Um, continuing on the substitution talk, Ramon uh, come, Abila comes on in the second half at halftime substitution. We've mentioned it a couple times. Not really the best fit for what Adrian Heath wants to do mm-hmm. with this team. And you kind of saw that tonight. There was a couple chances that Minnesota had gotten the ball back. They had, they had, taken the, they had stolen the ball off San Jose deep in their own half. And Emmanuel Reynoso looked like he wanted to get it upfield quickly. That's just not Roman Avila's game. He's too old. He doesn't have the speed for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We mentioned it during the broadcast as well that if he wants to play, if he wants to play the role that Adrian Heath has him as a as a late game substitution to just come in and basically work the ball and basically hold the ball up, there's that for him. But I don't know how well that does when you're only up a goal or you're tied late going into the game. And you've got a lot invested in him. Yeah. Probably too much for him to be a uh, 10, 15-minute guy. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean. Yeah, if you're you, going to invest that much, you expect him to be a 90-minute starter. <laughs> you can find guys like that for a lot less money. You've won, you have Juan Agadello to do that. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know what the so, long-term plan is for Roman Abilo, but he got the goal. It wasn't a great penalty. It was a pretty bad but I would say it's a terrible penalty, penalty kick. It wasn't far enough. No. Out to the to the wide part of the net. It was an easy save for JT Marcinkowski. He lets the rebound go off his hands somehow, and Ramon Avila is able to step up and just chip it over him for an easy goal. But it was a bad penalty kick. I don't imagine he'll get another penalty kick this season. I don't know what. I don't know how much you keep, how long you keep him around for, because he doesn't provide what you would need, and he's too much. Yeah, too much money involved. So yeah. you know, but there's a lot of things that can change going forward. We also thought that there's no way that uh, Tyler Miller would make it through the season with the club, and here we are. You know, so yeah. he's been one of the linchpins to the seven match unbeaten streak yep. for Minnesota, and that's the important thing. They didn't lose. Yep, they they're disappointed. It they should have found a way to defeat a team like San Jose, which is as we talked about during the broadcast, free falling from a brief stay atop the Western Conference. Um, and it is disappointing, but they didn't lose. They got a point. They extended their unbeaten streak, and, and now they can go out on the road and, and should be a confident team. They'll get some well-rested players back mm-hmm. in, in uh, Robin Lud and in uh, Roman Metonier. And you know what? Go out there and, and hey, I'll take another draw. I'm not, you know I don't like ties. I, yeah. I hate ties, but uh, we'll take one. <laughs> take one if you can get one on the road at just about, just about any time. Yeah, San Jose's the li- San Jose tonight is the living embodiment of just take a point on the road, <laughs> especially in MLS. No, where, this was a win to them. Yeah, absolutely. After the streak they've been on, this was absolutely a win coming into a really tough place for road teams to come and play, leaving two two here tonight. Um, Bloomington native uh, Jackson Ewell made a victory lap around the stadium. He's got a lot of friends and family that were here tonight, mm-hmm. and he was. I think we were twenty twenty five minutes since the end of the match. He was still out here visiting with people stuff. So we should we shouldn't forget to mention too after the match, Hassani Dotson yeah. pulled his uh, girlfriend out of the stands and proposed to her. Right in front of the Wonderwall. Right in front of the Wonderwall. Uh she looked happy. He looked happy so we're pretty sure she said yes and 
So congratulations to Hassani and his girlfriend Absolutely. on that engagement. And uh, I don't know if we ever gave the final attendance, but it was 19,678 here. Yeah. F- capacity plus. This place, as you heard in the highlights at the beginning of the Loom call, was really loud. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned before we started our broadcast, and we're talking about the last match here, I'd forgotten how loud this place can get. Because we went the entire last year with, what, the row of fans in front of us that was basically just friends and mm-hmm. family of the players. And obviously you're not going to hear a whole lot of noise, so we had pumped in fake crowd noise. I had almost forgotten how loud, this, how truly <laughs> loud this place can get. It kind of shocked me. Well, you've got to remember with this, uh, if you've never been here, there's a partial canopy that runs all the way around the stadium with a big hole in the middle. And that canopy keeps a lot of sound in. Yeah. That just adds to it. But 19,000 people make a lot of noise. And, uh, it was yeah, it's, it's great to... Great to have them back, and, you know, hopefully it's been a tough home year so far, losing two at home and yep. now a couple of draws. Hopefully this just means that later in the year when the points are even more important and, and there's more pressure on that they, they uh, find a way to, to win, you know, consistently here at home. All right, I know we've been disappointed and slightly negative. Before we get into what grinds your gears, give me some positives from this one tonight, a 2-2 draw for Minnesota. Uh, positives are, you know, when they got down one nil, they didn't, uh, they didn't give up. There was no, you, you didn't really see much of a letdown at all. Um, Brent Coleman coming on for injured Michael Boxel. He's going to be a key going forward. If, if Boxy's at the Olympics, other than one mistake he made out at the, at, in the middle third, he was solid, scored a great goal. I, I don't know if you've seen the replay again, but he literally, reached around a defender and somehow got that. You know, if you haven't seen it, folks, go go watch it. It was a pretty incredible goal that he scored. So um, other positives out of this one is they didn't lose. Yeah. They didn't Keep play this. well. The coach felt it was their worst first half of the season. I don't know if I quite agree with that. But, um, you know, if you can play really bad, according to Coach Adrian Heath, and still come out of it with a point, I guess that's a positive. And, um, but other than that, a um, couple of players. I thought Will Trapp had another sensational match. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give a shout out to DJ Taylor. Yeah, DJ stepping Taylor in as a substitution gets his, Yeah, gets his first playing time, and he looked pretty good. I mean, we, it's a very small sample size, but you know, obviously, there's some potential there. That's why he's that's why he's on the club. And um, so, you know, those are probably the brighter spots in this match tonight. All right. So, what grinds your gears then? As we head into the final minutes of the Loon Call, you can find us on the Loon Talk podcast feed. Remember to give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. It really does help us get us found. We can be found anywhere you find your podcasts. We are part of the Loon Talk podcast feed. We do that every Monday or Tuesday night, depending on how we're feeling. You can find that Tuesday this week. Tuesday this week? Monday's a holiday for me. Okay. We'll do Tuesday this week. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Tuesday this week. Um, You can also find us. You can find that part of the podcast feed also over on Score North's YouTube channel. Dan, what, grind, what grinds your gears after tonight? There's a growing trend in this league, and it's, it's players being allowed, and we saw it here tonight in full force, players being allowed to surround the referee, even make contact with the referee, yeah. and going pretty much unpunished. In this case, it took a good five minutes of this ridiculousness before a yellow card was thrown out against San Jose. Minnesota was awarded a, uh, a penalty kick. Um, our referee, Michael uh, Radchuk, went over to the VAR, looked at it. He must have watched that thing 20 times. It was a six-minute long. I agree. I think it was a very difficult call. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I wouldn't have been surprised if he had said no. Um, it went Minnesota's way. He was immediately, I mean, literally attacked. I mean, they made contact with him. They surrounded him. They literally would not let him walk towards the south end of the stadium. They basically, the San Jose players basically formed the Red Rover, Red Rover wall. It was just Calling ridiculous. him over to try and get past him. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, one of their players, I don't remember who it was, it may have been their captain, Jackson Yule, uh, came in and started pushing guys. He said, come on, guys, come on, knock it off. I think it was Wando at the time. Was it Wando? Yeah. Okay, so it was just ridiculous. Um, that should not be allowed. Nope. Um, I think in most sports, if you even make slight contact with an official, you're pretty much done. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this is escalating, and it's got to stop. It, it's You know, and, and I will promise you that if Minnesota does that, I will be equally as tough on them. It shouldn't happen. If you lose respect for the authority in the match, which in soccer it falls on one man, you know, the man in the middle, if you lose as a league respect for that guy, it, it you, you're going to have problems. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely positively grinds my gears. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. It slows down the game. It looks terrible. Yeah. It just – it. I thought it was something that we had gotten out of this game. It can't be allowed. No, it absolutely cannot. But it's being allowed, and that's a problem. They yeah. need the, the league has to take a serious look at that because it will only get worse if they don't do something about it. So. If it's not already a rule, it should be that the captains are the only team, only players on the field should be allowed to speak to the referee. I feel better now. This is so much cheaper than therapy. <laughs> got, I'm glad you got that off your chest. I feel as better. we close out a uh, loon call here on the Loon Talk podcast feed, myself and Dan Terrar are the radio broadcast team for Minnesota United. You can hear all matches over on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and on your computer at live.scorenorth.com. Every match can be heard over there. Also, we are part of the Loon Talk podcast feed. Remember, you can find it anywhere you find your podcast. A rating, a review, and a subscription will really help. Dan, good stuff tonight. We will talk to you Tuesday night for Loon Talk. Tuesday. Thank you, Jonathan. Good work tonight, Tuesday, and then Wednesday against uh, the Rapids. Can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. That has been Loon Talk for Loon Call for the night. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Daniel Roo the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't flu. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if the CEO can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.